0: Welcome to Confessions of a Closet Romantic, a sweet and sexy break in your day where I curate the best romantic TV shows, rom-coms, movies, and sometimes books on a different theme each episode for your romantic pleasure. This is Poppy, and in this episode, you will meet a tall, dark stranger... been a longtime fan of Woody Allen and I'm well aware that so much of his private life now has become so very problematic. But when I saw that one of his films that I had never seen with the most intriguing title from 2010 is leaving Netflix at the end of the month, I had to stop and watch it right then and squeeze in this quick take. I absolutely love the witty, intellectual, sharp, smart, funny vibe that Woody Allen creates in all his films. But sometimes the stories are even too plotless or loosey-goosey, indulgent, insidery, and neurotic even for me. They're like living with a person who ruminates only for two hours straight. You Will Meet a Tall, Dark Stranger is different. It didn't get great reviews, but maybe that's why I like it so much. It's definitely a quieter Woody Allen film, not flashy and full of sharp, clever barbs. But that's why I think I liked it, because of how that gentler tone matches the subject matter. It's really a story about the soft, vulnerable search for romance and happiness, and I think that more tender approach is so appropriate. It's beautifully acted, and the plot has a momentum that really hangs together. It might be because Woody Allen's only involvement is the sharp writing and his trademark witty direction. He doesn't even narrate this one, thank God. Of course, everyone in a Woody Allen movie is tightly wound, and perpetually dissatisfied. As the curtain opens, their relationships are usually in disarray or they're fooling themselves. Their romances are dull, confusing, inappropriate, or going down the tubes. Most of the characters in his movies want what they don't have, another career, another wife or husband, another partner, another lover, any other situation but the one they've got, any other life they thrash and stumble around trying to find a solution, which is so dang relatable, which is why I think his movies are so compelling. It's watching human beings being human beings, usually at their worst and most unlovable. And so we get to our story. At its center are two related married couples, long married Alfie and Helena, and Sally, their daughter, who helps run an art gallery, and Roy, a once-promising novelist. At the start of the action, Alfie, played by Anthony Hopkins, has left Helena, played by the absolutely amazing Gemma Jones, to marry his call girl, played by Lucy Punch. <laughs> Has that woman ever not been hilarious in any role she's ever played? Alfie seems to be having a very late midlife crisis, and he's haunted by a Henry VIII type lack in his life, namely a son to replace, yes, I said what I said, the son who died as a child. I'm so
1: scared. I'm in shock. I can't move my body. And he's kissing me so much I can't scream. You should be over the moon. That's what you wanted.
2: How long have you been sleeping with him? And who else? How many others?
1: What do you think I am?
2: There are tests, the DNA tests will have the baby tested.
1: I am not having my baby tested. It's yours!
2: Yeah, I believe that when I have it tested, and please don't make me angrier than I am at you.
1: Those tests ain't even 100% right, so. Oh,
2: yes, it is. And, um, for all our sakes, I'd better be the father. Believe me.
1: What's the difference? I
2: always wanted a kid. I want a son. I lost a son. I lost a little boy. I wanted to be my son. You understand? Well,
1: who's gonna
2: know? I don't know. If it's a boy. And if I decide to have it tested.
0: Helena is handling her devastation over the divorce and depression about her daughter Sally's troubled marriage and her own romantic future by visiting a psychic, Crystal, played by the delightful Pauline Collins. Their one-sided relationship quickly takes over her life, taking the place of therapy, resulting in much cash flowing towards Crystal and making it impossible for Helena to avoid sharing her happy new beliefs in the spirit world, parallel universes, and reincarnation, annoying everyone in her life. This cast is a who's who of the most character mature British actors, and they play the subtle wit and ouchy comedy with so much depth even in the briefest scenes. So Alfie is discovering that his need for Viagra, exhausting workouts in the gym where he still imagines himself a young buck, and his super young wife's taste for expensive furs and jewelry are getting in the way of the happiness he expected by trading one wife for another. Meanwhile, Helena keeps popping up unannounced at Roy and Sally's flat, Roy is played by Josh Brolin, and Sally is played by Naomi Watts. Helena is full of unwelcome messages from the great beyond, and she always manages to stir up juicy arguments.
1: Am I disturbing you? Yeah. Um, I can't. You call sometimes before you come over. I've got a horrible headache. Migraines, attention, yes, darling. Yes, I know what migraines are, and I need to change. My life. Shouldn't be working. Should be raising a family. Oh, I really don't want to discuss this right now, Mum. But well, I've
3: come to share an incredible insight. I've spent two hours with Crystal no, Del Geno, no, Two no, riveting really,
1: hours. I'm not in the mood. I'm just not in the mood to get into any of mm-hmm. that right Help now. Help myself to a drink. I, for some reason, I love your brand of whiskey. I'm not normally a whiskey oh, just... drinker.
2: Well, that's it. They rejected my novel.
1: Oh, Roy.
2: They don't think it comes off. Uh, not my best work. Try harder
1: for all this time, leaving you dangling like that.
2: I can't try harder, that's all I have in me.
1: You gave them sections to read, they they seemed okay with it.
2: Yeah, they seemed to like sections, but the whole book.
1: Can I tell you an insight? What, what is
3: it? Well, I I, I know you're going to poo poo this, Roy, being so scientific minded, (laughs) but it turns out that I've lived before. Oh, no,
1: no, Mother. I've
3: existed before in other incarnations. Crystal is certain of
2: it. Look, Elena, I'm not in the mood for that crap right now, Okay? No, 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 I'm not.
3: But but you will be in the mood when you realize the importance of that fact. I mean, if it's so for me, it's so for everyone. You as well.
2: Make her shut up, Sally. I'm going to kill her. Please, Uh, let's
3: not get ugly here. He just got some really bad news. Well, if you mean the rejection of that silly book, I tried to prepare you for it. Crystal predicted it.
2: I was sure the book came off fine. Am I that blind about my own work?
3: Crystal says your future is not in the arts.
2: I'm telling you, Sally, get her out of here.
3: Out! Well, what's wrong with medicine? You have the education. If writing is not in your future, medicine is a noble way to earn a living.
2: Are are you thick? I am never going to be a doctor, okay? That boat sailed years ago, okay? You got it? I mean, maybe I'll be a a chauffeur or a messenger. So your daughter married badly. Now, can you get the hell out?
1: How can you ask her to get out when she is the one paying the rent? I'm
2: sick of hearing that. She'll get it back. She'll get all her money
1: back. How will she get it back? What are you going to do, rob a bank? You know, I am sick and tired of sitting around watching my life evaporate while you keep trying to prove a point. It's all futile. Crystal said it's not his moment.
2: Arcadia was the only one interested, but they're knowledgeable men, so I guess it doesn't come off. No, Crystal was right. I have to face it, I was a one-book fluke. Crystal
3: said at some point in the distant future, maybe she was talking about another life. Mother, will you be
1: still? You drink and and, and chatter incessantly! Christ, my head is killing me. Oh, I, I drank a little, yes, to celebrate the miraculous.
3: Is that so terrible? That I come here with, with with great news, news that renders all this futile in the grand scheme of things. I mean, I, 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 I'm saying we don't only live once, we live over and over again. Crystal says I existed in Elizabethan England. Oh. But, uh, all I'm saying is there's hope, hope that maybe Roy will write another book, but in some future incarnation. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, i
1: got to get out of here. Oh, God. I can't do it anymore. I can't be in this marriage.
3: Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. You can do so much better. You know, Crystal says that that man you work for, you know, the one you're always so high on, she says don't rule him out.
0: Ooh, boy. Obviously something has to change. Sally has been so unhappy trying to please everyone, and even worse, she's developing an unrequited crush on her art gallery boss, played by Antonio Banderas. (laughs) Who could blame her? Meanwhile, Roy has started gaping through his study window at a gorgeous woman across the road, played by Frida Pinto. She conveniently keeps her blinds open as she strums sexy romantic songs on her classical guitar and undresses for her lover. One day he raises the window, gestures for her to raise hers, and blurts out...
2: I'm going downstairs for lunch. I'll Um, bring an umbrella. um, um, I just have some more work. I I need half an hour more. There's a great little place right around the corner. Okay. um, Okay. Why not? Can you give me half an hour though? I'll walk around the block and meet you
0: in front of your house. But then he's crushed to learn that she's engaged to be married. But Roy, I hate to tell you, you're married. Oh, the gentle but ugly crescendo that builds in the story. It's ridiculous and funny, and you honestly don't know how it's all going to shake out. Who is it that laughs when we start making plans? Who's really in charge in love and life? If you're religious, you have one answer. If you're spiritual, you might have another. And if you're agnostic or atheist, you might have another yet again. And they're probably all valid, or equally worthless, or something. This movie shows characters orbiting in their own little universes, sending the occasional miscommunications across the galaxy, rarely received the way they were intended, scrambling around to find that elusive happiness, or trying to get needs met in the most ham-fisted ways.
1: Mum! Hello? What are
3: you doing? Didn't you hear me ringing? I do believe that I existed in a prior life. A happier life, Sally. I get intimations of it all
1: the time. I was about to embark on an adventure with a stranger. I don't like it when you talk to yourself. You spend too much time alone. What happened to Jonathan? Uh, I've I've been all over it with Crystal.
3: He left me for another woman. No. A deceased one. They're often the stiffest competition. No pun intended. Uh, But Crystal says my future's looking good. I
1: had hoped things would work out. I'm sorry. Is there anything I can do? No. Crystal always seems to know what's best for you, and if she says the future looks good, you can bet on it. Another life. I just you uh, shed the old one and try again. Now, Mum, um I know I told you about a substantial loan I'd need to get the art gallery started up, but well, it turns out it's a bit more than I anticipated. Not a lot, and it'll all come back to you. But maybe not for a year or two.
3: About the loan, darling, the timing right now is wrong.
1: With interest, of
3: course. What? The aspect's are not right. What's she talking about? What aspects? I spoke to Crystal and she said, I can't do it because the stars are not in the right alignment. What? Crystal said the planets tell her I must not enter into any financial transactions for the indefinite
1: future. And certainly the loan comes under that heading. Mother, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Sally. Mother, I was counting on that money. Well, someday
3: perhaps, but not not with the planets in their present conjunction.
1: Crystal doesn't know what she's talking about. Please. She's a charlatan. We're talking about Crystal Dalgiorno. I need that loan. Crystal said... I don't care what Crystal said. I, I can't. She's a fraud. Do you hear what you're saying? She's a fake fortune teller. She, there's no such thing as predicting the future. Are you mad? You've always been her greatest supporter. I was only saying those things just to keep you happy, to keep you from harming yourself. She's a blatant, conniving little fraud.
3: You sound like your ex. Darling, I know you've been through the most horrible
1: breakup. I have to have that money. Not now. Crystal says no. Oh, you idiot. You poor, pathetic, gullible imbecile. Don't you see? She just tells you what you want to hear and then robs you of your money.
3: Darling, if I give you the money now, it would be bad luck, she said, for you as well as me. You
1: crazy imbecile! I need that loan, you lunatic! I'm doing this for your own good.
0: Crystal has the power of prophecy. Oh, painful. But kind of funny, too. This film poses the question... Is believing in a world of romance and positivity and you will meet a tall, dark stranger really that much worse or sillier than making awful life choices and living joyless existences that fall so far short of expectations? Sure, it would be nice if we had a little bit of distance and awareness about ourselves, our behaviors and choices. But maybe if we did, we couldn't surrender our disbelief and give ourselves over to our deepest desires and dreams. Maybe hope and belief in benevolent, unseen forces that just want us to succeed and be happy help get us through the dark night of the soul. And in an often brutal and cruel world, is that such a bad thing? So, who is this woman you're going to marry?
2: Her name is Charmaine.
3: She's an
4: actress, half his age. She's... This is all for the good. I, I, I've got a strong feeling that this is a positive turning point in your life. Where is my life heading? I, 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 need, I need direction. Is my future as empty as I feel? Listen, this is a pivotal moment. Now, you've got several paths to choose from. You've got to make sure you choose the right one. <gasps> my darling. I'm seeing you triumphing. I'm seeing you with a new love. What, a new love? For I can me. see it. I can see it. This, this development in your husband's life can only be favorable to you. Are, are you you're saying I shall meet a new love? Can I tell you something else? Your husband will never love this woman he's marrying as much as he loved you. Well, I kept all his letters. They were so adoring. Christ, no one wants to get old. I don't want to get old.
3: And you're saying I won't be alone. I don't want to
4: spend the rest of my life
3: alone. Oh,
4: my sweetheart. You are entering a period of great fulfillment. I'm seeing a handsome stranger coming into your life. Powerful attraction.
0: You're like two magnets. Well, at the end of this story, everybody's fate is left dangling in the wind. But, despite being the butt of the joke for most of the movie, guess who gets the only unambiguous happy ending in the whole thing? That's right. You will meet a tall, dark stranger. A widower who runs an occult bookshop and connects with his late wife at seances. Rap once for yes, two for no.
3: I contacted Claire, put the question to her, and she said there'd be no problem if you'd become the second Mrs. Bunch. She said that. She rapped twice No, when I
2: asked if she'd mind if I married you.
3: You always said she was an understanding woman. I'm not sure she didn't exist once as royalty. It's so comforting to know we live over and over again. If only I could convince Alfie, he'd be so much happier. Yes.
2: It's time to close the book on our little tale of sound and fury signifying nothing. And one has to wonder, given all of life's uncertainty and pain, how do we get through it? Well, as Sally told Roy, sometimes the illusions work better than the medicine. I was a peasant, just a simple peasant, but that you,
3: you were something very special. Sometimes my intuition makes me think
2: that you might have lived before as Cleopatra or Joan of Arc.
3: Crystal Delgione has confirmed that I lived
2: before.
3: I've always had a particular fondness for everything French, so trying to think you may be right about Joan of Arc. Sometimes I have memories of my past lives. Do you? I do, yes. Like a in France. Fate steps in and sees you through
4: when you wish upon a
0: Enjoy this podcast. I hope you'll share this episode and tell some friends about it. For more information and show notes, visit confessions of a And to all of my listeners, may you meet a tall, dark stranger or may all your beautiful dreams come true.